Bachelor Nation, welcome to episode six of It's All in the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose giving of the franchise. We're starting with season six of Bachelor in Paradise. In this episode, we'll be breaking down all the happenings on the beach during week six. I'm Susie. And I'm Kristen, and it's time to look toward the stars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to week six of Bachelor in Paradise and episode six of It's All in the Roses. Ooh. We're almost done. Yeah, this is the home stretch. Yes, we have one more week of a regular episode. And then after that is when the fun stuff starts. We'll be talking about other aspects of astrology related to Bachelor Nation. We might try to get some fun interviews. It's all, what's the word? The free-for-all. Yes, freewheeling from here. Before we get started, we just wanted to give a little shout-out to our social media pages. You can follow us on Twitter, at It's All Roses. On Instagram, we're at It's All in the Roses. And then our Gmail is It's All in the Roses at gmail.com. Quick little disclaimer, Kristen and I are not experts on anything astrology. The book we often reference in our episodes is called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. That's by Joanna Martine Woolfolk. And any readings we do on contestants are all based on their sun signs. Okay, Kristen, what is your Virgo move of the week? I am living up those industrious Virgo vibes again. I know I've said it a lot recently, but September just does it for me. I get a lot more energized and I'm more motivated and just the general mood of the air shifts. And I have a really busy work schedule the next two weeks before starting a new job, so I have lots of creative energy for remaining assignments and new projects and side projects and old projects, so just excited about what's going on lately. Really taking full advantage of Virgo season. Yes. Really, there are so many Virgos around. It's I love it. <laughs> it's kind of insane. Um, my gem move of the week, um, nothing special really this week. I, I do have a dear friend that's coming into town um, like Friday to Sunday. So a lot of my week has just really been trying to organize my schedule to kind of have as much time as possible with them because we know gems, we love quality time, definitely a love language for us. So yeah, um, I feel like also, you know, gems are like notorious for being super social. And like, I will say that I have friends from like tons of different groups. And I feel like lately, I've just been a little tired, I need a little spice in my life. So I think it's gonna be really fun hanging with this person who's like from a completely different part of my life. This is actually someone I was um, abroad with when I did my year in Mexico. So it's gonna be really fun. We're going to get really, really lit. I don't think I can keep <laughs> up. Um, yeah, and I'm just, like, excited for that little change and kind of bringing our overseas friendship to the U.S. Are Thank you taking you. them to Drunk Shakespeare this time around? Hell no. <laughs> they might. They might go to Drunk Shakespeare, but it's like she's coming to New York with her boyfriend because it's her boyfriend's sister's birthday. So I don't know how big of a group this is, and I feel I know like what kind of vibe they are, and it's mm -hmm. like not my usual New York City vibe. I was like, yeah, you know, like when I go out, I like go to the village, I like go to shows or something, and they were like, we're trying to go to the club. <laughs> I've never been to a club in New York City. I don't think. I don't want to. Do you remember that one time? I think her conference weekend the others who were already 21 at the time i think it was a club or just a very like fancy high-end bar they tried to get us in even though we weren't 21 yet and we didn't really care wait where i don't remember where it was somewhere in midtown after we had dinner oh, at no. penelope oh okay when there was like a whole group of yeah. us yeah dang and i think we were the only well no us and meg weren't 21 yet yeah Dude, Midtown, like, bars suck. I'm so happy we didn't go. <laughs> wow. Crazy times. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's time for Bachelor Nation broadcast. Um, 
Not much is going on. Yeah, everyone's just kind of chilling. I mean, I've seen cute pictures of people's kids. I've seen people lapping up those last summer vibes. But I feel like this is really when all the Bachelor stuff slows down every year. Obviously, we have The Bachelor starting to film at the end of the month. But as far as what's going on on the TV screen, it's a bit of a break once September hits and Paradise winds down. Obviously, we have Hannah on Dancing with the Stars to look forward to, which will be fun. Uh, Yeah, The Bachelor season will start in a few weeks. So if you follow spoilers, stuff like that will start popping up. And even before The Bachelor premieres in January, it ought to be another busy burst of Bachelor news because Carly Waddell's baby and Catherine Lowe's baby are both due at the end of the year. So top that on to all of the weddings and engagements and Bachelor promotion. And we'll probably have a busy end to the Bachelor year in 2019. So now we're going to go right into our episode recaps of week six, our connections and disconnects. You started kissing all your friends Kiss, kiss Kiss, kiss So episode one this week um, dives right back into Dean getting back on the beach um, and pulling Kaylin aside and everyone like eavesdropping like what is going on? So everyone's throwing their two cents in. Demi's like, Connor's a safe choice, but I don't know if Kaylin wants something safe. Did that not speak to you on like a million levels? Kind of, yeah. But I think I interpret safe as differently. I interpret safe as a really comforting and secure thing rather than a settling thing. Okay, fair. That is very fair. I don't know. But in this situation, I did understand it. As settling? No, I understood Demi's perspective on it as Connor being the safe choice and kind of the negative connotation. Yeah, but we like Connor. Connor's great. Um, Dean talks a lot, again, about himself and how he knows, like, he's kind of still going through this journey of self-discovery and really wants to work on himself but he wants to try and do all of that um, as he tries kind of these normal relationship things with Kaylin. Um, and Connor's just beside himself. He's like, who is this guy rolling up on the beach? Actions speak louder than words. This is all a grand gesture. Um, him leaving before shows the kind of person that he really is. Which is true. I think that's a very fair point. I, I don't really think like Connor and Dean know each other at all at this point. So, like, Connor. Yeah, Connor said that he hadn't met Dean when he he kind of going off what he knows of him from the past and like what the other contestants have said about him, which I feel like the other contestants really joke around a lot. Like, that's just Dean. Well, that's him. But I don't know. And then Dean and Kaylin are still kind of talking it out. And this is the moment I knew. Kaylin was leaving the beach. Well, I kind of knew Kaylin was leaving the beach, like, the second Dean got on the beach, because, like, you can see it in her eyes. She yeah. And Dean says, I'll continue to challenge you, don't get me wrong. And I feel like that's everything a Gemini wants to hear. Like, I don't want to be in a stagnant relationship. I, yeah, I just want it to be, like, dynamic, you know? And I feel like Kay was gone. And then she does, obviously, leave with Dean. Yeah, and meanwhile, Connor is feeling really blindsided as a Libra. He loves harmony. So to me, it seems like he, in general, has the optimistic outlook on life of the good guy always winning. So I think he saw himself as the good guy in this situation. Because every time he had spoken to Kaylin before, he always came to a peaceful conclusion about their situation and why things happened the way they did. So with Kaylin leaving, I think that was a big snub on his part and plus this was kind of the first time in the bachelor bubble for him that someone else took control of his fate because if you remember he chose to leave the bachelorette when he felt that his relationship with hannah wasn't getting serious oh my god i'd totally forgotten about that 
So that's right. something to just keep in mind that I think is interesting that this is kind of the first TV heartbreak he's had. And then when Kaylin is saying goodbye to everyone else, she mentioned to the women that she wasn't sure if she made the right decision, but she's still going with Dean. And as the frequent tea spiller, Christina pops up and is like, I'll come get him if there's any trouble. So I think that was just funny to me. I think Christina loves to get herself into a little mess and stir the mess even more. Dude, she really does. She really does. And then, I think Kristen's just really amused by Dean's van Instagram. (laughs) I am. Well, first of all, it confirms that they're still together. Well, yeah. Okay. Honestly, I feel like everyone knew they were still together because do you remember, I think this might have been before Paradise started. Oh, yeah. There were reports that they were dating before Paradise even aired. They were in Pamplona together. Yeah. Like literally uploading instas in a small ass city in spain Mm -hmm. like hello yeah so on dean's instagram he posted a few photos of himself cuddling with kaylin in the van with the ocean in the background and he wrote sorry we had to leave bachelor in paradise early the fantasy suite waits for no one that's really funny (laughs) honestly and then kaylin wrote on alongside the similar photos Lots of ramen, very few showers, and a whole lot of happiness. I literally cannot, like, I can't imagine not showering. No. I I shower every single day. Yeah, I also can't imagine Kaylin not showering and being okay with that. It's sketch. According to a comment on Dean's post, Courtney from Bachelor Winter Games and Bachelorette Australia was actually in the van with them taking the pictures. So it wasn't exactly as cuddly and romantic as it seemed. Oh, yeah, totally. Breaking the wall there. Um, I love (laughs) Courtney, though. Yes, I would live in a van for Courtney, but probably without his mustache that he currently has. I honestly really like he's so charismatic. I I forget about international batch contestants. Not that I I know many of them. True. Like if they dump a couple of them on Paradise, producers, Mm -hmm. please. Like Courtney, they could have... Courtney, maybe next year. Um, So what do we think? Do you think they're going to last? Dean and Kaylin? They will date for a while. I just don't see... Dean as a marrying type, but good for him for taking a serious step towards maybe figuring out if that's for him. But I feel like from what we've seen of Kaylin, she is an easy manipulator. And I know just discussing Mm -hmm. her comes with a lot because she has this whole backstory, but it's also like from what we've seen play both on screen and off, she isn't exactly the most reliable storyteller and she likes to control the narrative. So I think I'm just skeptical because I don't think we've seen the best sides of either of them. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, I do think I'm in agreement that they will date. I think though they could have the potential to date for a while Mm -hmm. and definitely to be significant relationships in the lives of each other. But yeah, I don't really see endgame with them. Astrologically, though, the Aries gem match is ideal, can be good friends as well as lovers, and they thrive on activity and adventure. And that's a lot of what um, Dean and Kaylin are doing now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where it goes. I'm More importantly, how do we think Dean will get along with Colton <laughs> while well, Cassie and Kaylin hang out? <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about Dean and Colton. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really see it there. <laughs> Guys are hard. It's like, do, we, do I really know what Colton is into? Football? Dean kind of likes football. Maybe they'll be okay for the fall. Oh, yeah, that's true. With winter and spring, who knows? I feel like Colton is outdoorsy. They might hike. We'll see. You like Dean probably likes dogs. Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. Dean definitely likes dogs. Okay, great. There you go. Double dates are possible. Outdoorsy. It's happening. Okay. And then moving on to Matt Donald's love (laughs) triangle with Sydney and Brie. Breaking news. 
news we found out on social media september 9th was matt donald's birthday he's a virgo md is a virgo okay and that explains his (laughs) awkward mannerisms on the beach even though he's in this love triangle and both women are pursuing him he's still very awkward in handling his feelings with him. Blake was shocked that he was the new playboy of paradise and called him awkward and uncomfortable. Meanwhile, while Connor is moping about being alone after Kaylin left, he was like, Matt's crushing it. (laughs) (laughs) It's honestly so funny how aware the the other guys are of Matt D's situation. Yeah. You know, they just wish they were in his shoes, but, like, it's so funny. Um, Yeah, yeah. and going into Matt as a Virgo man, it honestly makes so much sense now that we know he's a Virgo. The Virgo male is sensitive, cautious, and receptive at the same time. And like we've talked about before with Chris Bukowski, they'll never take you by force. And their quote-unquote love nature is more private. So they're not going to be very expressive about their feelings. But they would love to change their image and be more of what our book calls a Don Juan. And that kind of fit when Matt was seemingly very obsessed with the possibility of dating supermodel Brie. Honestly, reading this, Matt is textbook Virgo. Yeah. It doesn't get any more Virgo than this. Mm-hmm. And I do love a good Virgo man, which I think this season of Paradise has only demonstrated. But I feel like if I was in a Virgo-Virgo relationship, the guy would irritate me. Actually, Kristen, I looked up the Virgo-Virgo connection. And yeah, it's I want not to too read bad. For you and, because I think it's like literally you. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it would be such a good pairing. All is smooth sailing as long as these perfectionists curb their instincts for finding fault. Okay, I could see where things could get annoying there. Bring out the very best in each other. They're responsible, sensitive, intelligent, and take love seriously. Also share passions of the mind. Both Mm -hmm. think that there are more important things in life than sex. They may end up just talking. There will probably be a continual consent contest over who is leader but they have too much else in common for that to matter. Oh, I really like that. That honestly just sounds so sweet. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seems like so, such a balanced relationship. That's true. I think just looking at it from the outsider's perspective with seeing how the women are reacting to Matt and Chris's struggles, Mm -hmm. I think if they were as reserved as I can be I think that would be a little irritating but I think naturally in like your standard heterosexual relationship the woman is going to be the more outgoing one and the one that starts up the conversations I don't know that might be too generalizing but I feel like naturally that's kind of the case yeah I I think I'm thinking of the couples I know or the ones I'm around a lot and yeah that is not to say that like a man is not outgoing but yeah women definitely are the initiators Mm -hmm. yeah cool so we're back in this love triangle with Matt D um so Matt is seeing Sydney as well as Brie so Matt and Sydney are our Virgo cancer pair It is a stimulating affair. They ignite each other's beneath-the-surface quality. A cancer is affectionate and sentimental, and that makes a Virgo feel secure, but they're both overcritical, um, but can bring each other out of their shell. I think we see a lot of initiative on Sydney's part Mm -hmm. of trying to bring um, Matt out of his shell. I don't think, like, Sydney's, like, shy or anything. I feel like she's pretty outgoing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I see her outgoingness more as confidence. She's not going to be the life of the party like Demi would be. But she's definitely just very set on who she is and what she's capable of. Yeah, which I like. Cool. Mm, But yeah, I definitely, we we see Sydney being more, more into Matt than Matt is into Sydney. Yeah. And that might be because of supermodel Brie, who <laughs> is a Taurus. Um, and Taurus's strong passions can spark Virgo. They have practicality and they both have practicality and a down to earth style, both homebodies. 
Virgo has a rational approach and Taurus is persistent, which creates a money-making combo in a relationship. You know, a Brie did not strike. Actually, this gets into the like the after, so I'm not going to bring it up. I was mm-hmm. going to say that Brie doesn't didn't strike me as the down to earth type until she like came at Matt D about yeah. all those comments about being the model. We'll have to remember to bring that up later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Taurus Brie definitely sparks Matt D's interests Mm -hmm. but mm, mm, we'll get Uh, to that and moving on to chris and katie we found out katie's and aries and the information was always out there (laughs) where did you see it she had q a highlights on her instagram and i was just randomly flicking through them and she both answered what her sun sign was and answered when her birthday was i think it was march 26 so there we go we went almost the whole season without knowing what Katie was while it was always there. We're amateurs. Everything's <laughs> in the highlights these days. Ugh. <laughs> Meanwhile, earlier today, I asked you how to make one of those highlight thingies. <laughs> but I was so confused because one, like you said, you already had one on your profile. Yeah, but I wanted like- to make a new one. Anyways, Katie is an Aries and She's partnered with Chris, the Virgo, and Chris has been struggling with showing his emotions and breaking down walls. That's nothing new for him. That's basically been his gist the whole season. And when he gets a date card, he asks Katie out. And on the date, she confronts him about not being open with his feelings. And he talks about how he's always had a hard time expressing emotions, but he's all in for her regardless. Yeah, I think I I really like the assertiveness from Katie. I think we keep seeing more and more of it. So I looked a little into Aries women um, in love. She will be faithful, but she accepts fidelity, but she expects fidelity in return. She wants all of him or nothing at all. So I think Katie is just super aware that the end is near and Chris is still a little distant, distant from her. So yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yes. She just wants to keep, pressing him because she wants all of him um aries women find happiness in long-term relationships and i really do think that's like her end goal with chris i don't know if it's like the age gap making me say that but but then again it's not that big of an age gap she's 27 i believe oh are you kidding me and he just turned 33 24 no, wow. she was one of the older ones on Colton season. Jeez. And then I texted you yesterday. Matt Donald is 26. Wow. <laughs> wow. Or 24. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm so bad at judging ages. Weird. But wow. Okay. I didn't know that. that it was how what? It's like five years. Yeah. That's not bad. Um. And now that we have Katie's sign, the Virgo-Aries pairing, according to our book, involves the two people having totally different ideas about what should happen in various areas of the relationship. The Aries is full of exciting new plans and ideas, while the Virgo is critical and wants things to be done in the Virgo way. I relate. (laughs) And most forebodingly, the book says that this pairing could end up making war, not love. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like rooting for them. And I think they definitely do make progress every week. But there is so much back and forth. That makes me skeptical. About that. I feel kind of optimistic about this because I feel like they're the type of couple that would thrive more in the off camera setting. True. Then we have a new arrival on the beach, correct? Revian? Yes. Revian. Or, uh, what, what did Matt call her? everything but Reviana Revon Revlon (laughs) Maybelline I don't know (laughs) (laughs) so I had no idea who Revian is Revian was a night one exit on Colton's season how do they pick the night oneers you know yeah it's weird Weird. I think it's a mix of who leaves an impression and who doesn't did she oh okay she probably didn't great um, so for some reason we have Revian's sign. She's a cancer. 
If yes, only, I found this on Instagram. It was quite easy to find. If only so it were as easy man. for some of the key players. Oh, man. Um, so Connor's a Libra. Basically, Revian comes down on the beach, just talking to people. Everyone is, like, rooting for Revian to take Connor out on this date because it'll lift him up a little bit. Lo and behold, she does. So they are cancer, li- cancer Libra pairing. Cancer wants love to be emotionally transcendent. And a Libra wants a perfect intellectual match. Cancer feels insecure by Libra's detachment. And a Libra has no sympathy for Cancer's moods. Um, I think that's, like, super relevant here. Like, of course, Cancer's going to feel Libra's detachment because, hello, Kaylin just dumped him hours ago. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, 20 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. So this was very whatever, you know? Yeah, and I think the editors treated it as a very whatever circumstance. So moving on from an insignificant couple to a very significant couple, Demi and Christian, the Pisces and possibly Aries. Demi was having some issues with PDA this week. She said that she didn't like PDA because she doesn't like looking at PDA. And she was feeling insecure about Christian being touchy-feely with some of the other women. Christian talked about how it's in her personality to show affection through touch. So it wasn't anything sexual on her part. And Demi came to the conclusion that her not liking PDA and not liking Christian uh, touch other women was tied to her being uncomfortable about being gay in public and not knowing what people would accept when seeing them together. Yeah, I I think I'm happy she, like, came to that conclusion. And, uh, like, I'm happy she touched base with Christian about it. And I think Christian was so logical and so genuine in her explanation of, like, no, this is just, like, how I am as a person, that it caused Demi to self-reflect. And, and it is, like, this internal... Uh, I don't I don't know how to say it, but it's like mm, how do you say that? It's like it's like an internalized fear, you know? Mm. That she's only starting to discover now that she is being more open about um dating people of both sexes. Yeah, yeah. and I think Derek actually tweeted something about this storyline yeah. giving him uh what's the word? Giving him uh, that as like a kind of a reflector of the privilege he naturally uh-huh. has yeah. in like a straight relationship, not worrying about what people would think if they see him and his significant other out. Right. Which is crazy. When I read his tweet, I kind of took a moment and thought, wow, that's true. That's so true. Yeah. It's something you don't think of at all. Mm-hmm. So big props to Demi and Christian for having these really important conversations and like doing them just so well Mm -hmm. yeah christian is too normal for this she's too normal and well-rounded absolutely oh she's such a calming presence i love her voice she's the perfect podcast voice she does or like a do we know what she does as a profession she she works in music production oh wow unexpected I, I don't know. I could see her. You, do you remember uh, the neonatal nurse, I think? Danielle? Yes, Danielle. Oh, I, yeah. They kind of look alike. They're similar vibes. Yeah. I feel like Danielle also has this very calming presence, like a nice voice. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Great. So on the women's date, Christian agreed to work at Demi's level with how comfortable she was about PDA and later on in the week Demi was still a little anxious because she cares about what people think but she admitted to wanting to try to be more affectionate because she hated seeing Christian give affection to other people due to Demi being uncomfortable and a lot of it tied back to just the anxiety of Demi not knowing what people think of what she called woman-on-woman affection. Mm. And although this anxiety caused Christian to wonder if she's the one that causes Demi's stress, Demi uh, really reiterated that she wasn't and it was just an issue that Demi would have to work through. Shifting from this serious conversation we have our lighthearted moment of the week, our production of the week, 
<laughs> Bachelor in Paradise prom brought to you by none other than JPJ. Um, so JP approaches Tasha and was like, word on the street is you never went to your prom. Let me throw you one here. So it's like the whole shebang. They get all dressed up. He decorates one of the little beds for her. They take pics. They dance. Everyone comes down on the beach. It was a really, really fun moment. Also, I saw the hashtag John Prom Jones the other day, <laughs> and I died. That I actually got that off. Um, that dress Tasha wore for the prom was gorgeous, and I think she like linked the site on her Instagram, and they were the ones that hashtag John Prom Jones. And oh I died. wow. So I don't know if it was theirs original, but we'll give them credit for it. Freaking John from Jones. Um, honestly, I wrote this note and you commented on it, but this prom thing made me forget that I've been mad at John Paul Jones for the past two weeks. Like, <laughs> this is, is the true. John Paul Jones we know and love. Yes. And the one we should see all of the time. Yeah, he's gotten better, but it's a little unfortunate that he only got better once his competition for Tasha mm. left. Facts, bro. We don't stand a jealous person. We do not. Um. And later in the week, JP was definitely falling for Tasha, and they were having serious conversations, like JP wondering in the future if Tasha's happiness in their relationship would come from their bond and not material stuff. And Tasha appreciated this comment, and her direct quote was. Good job, John Paul Jones. I like it when you talk about real stuff. Oh my god, I don't remember her saying that at all, but that's brilliant. It was oh a really god. quick moment. So we'll talk more about them astrologically when we dive into episode two of this week. But um, this was fun. We love the prom. Also, I love when they were swing dancing and they were like, oh, Blake could teach us. <laughs> <laughs> and he was definitely eyeing them like, mm, I don't know if that should I? Right or not. Speaking of Blake. Yeah. Oi. Uh, yeah, Oi is right. Um, so Blake is still in this mindset of, I am the answer to Christina's prayers, here I am. She's everything I've been looking for. I'm everything she's been looking for. Let me write up this fake date card <laughs> and give it to her and create this whole setup for her, which was like cute. I mean, he did kind of like decorate it and had food and everything. Um, and things kind of start off okay. And then Christina kind of puts and end to it immediately, and she's, she says, I don't think I'll be able to get where I need to get with you. I literally came to paradise wanting you to find love. I didn't think you'd be coming my way. Wait, what? She said that? Yeah. That is so weird. I was reporting on it, so I was transcribing the conversation, but yeah. I literally came to paradise wanting you to find love? Well, she proved that earlier with she was still giving him friendship roses oh, and yeah, Caitlin was there. She stuck to that reasoning. I don't know if it was ever true at the time because I never really picked up on any of her romantic vibes when Blake was like, oh, we're in love and I'm just waiting for her to realize it as we both just sit here all day looking at each other. Yeah, that's true. She was very uncomfortable with all of those grand gestures. But like, why, why accept the rose? She was the one that gave him the rose. Mm. and was like i know in the past we've given out friendship roses but please like accept this as a declaration to explore us and like bro that's weird kp that is weird it was but yeah i feel like she never really knew where she stood with blake and to be fair she was never really the top choice it was more she was his top choice once all of his other options were gone Christina decides to leave. Blake is blindsided and he goes into what I call the BS, the Becca spiral. Mm. Again, wondering why all the women he loves leaves him. Uh, and I picked this up in the book and I'm surprised that one of us hasn't found yeah, it beforehand. Actually. But the Scorpio is the Taurus's polarity or their opposite sign. So Christina is our Scorpio, Blake is our Taurus. And Blake as the Taurus is resistant to change and 
and it is also the sign of possession, so a, a Taurus won't let go easily of what quote-unquote belongs to them. I think Blake sees Christina as belonging to him mm. once he got it into his head that they were perfect for each other. And I think throughout the season, we've also seen Blake resistant to the idea that his golden boy edit from The Bachelor is ruined and that he's gotten himself into such a huge mess that so many people are going to hate him. Um, Blake... It is ruined, and yes, you have gotten yourself into a huge mess. Um, happy to see him gone. Happy to see Christina gone, too. Honestly, know. yeah. It's just like, girl, you could have done so much with your time on the beach. And you were just <laughs> playing this game with Blake the whole time. Very strange. Or inserting yourself into other people's already developed connections. She didn't, I don't know. I don't know. Bye. That's true. It felt very produced on both ends with them towards the end. And that's a wrap on episode one of this week. Spinning bottles followed you since middle school. Nobody's in I am heartbroken that I missed the beginning of episode two because I hear Hannah and Dylan went on a great date and I still haven't watched it. So Kristen, I need you to give me yes as much detail so. as is like, okay for the pod, you know, cause I'm sure everyone listening has already seen it. So yes. So Hannah obviously gets a date card. She asks out Dylan Meanwhile, everyone else on the beach is betting on Hannah and Dylan being the most likely to get engaged. People think they're the strongest couple on the beach, which, I mean, we're not seeing anything saying otherwise. So, sure, maybe. (coughs) Excuse me. And on their date, Hannah and Dylan do the classic Paradise Bachelor faux pas of seemingly crashing a family party. I don't really know why, but they show up at this kid's birthday party. (laughs) Hannah tells the camera, I love birthdays. Please go behind The thing is, so I've heard crazy. contestants say in interviews how funny and dry Hannah is, and I'm so mad at cameras for not showing us that. <laughs> at all. Oh my god. And Dylan is really cute with the kids at the date. Aww. Hannah says that she feels ready to be engaged to him, and she's head over heels for him. And Dylan tells the camera that he thinks Hannah will be an amazing wife and that she'll be an even more amazing mom. And later in their date, Dylan tells Hannah he loves her and wants to spend every day together. And Hannah says, I love you back. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Dylan admits in a confessional that telling her his feelings was the scariest thing he's ever done but he said i'm pretty happy right now there's a real possibility i told my wife i loved her today dude he fucking kills me with these <laughs> lines like why do you say things this is like some that? straight up jack pearson like, like heart destroying who are you dylan Jeez, and he's probably right. He probably has told us, oh, God. And the fact <laughs> that they have, like, um, documentation of this, mm-hmm. please, please kill me. That's what always gets me when I think about the franchise couples who are married, that the camera has their, fr- that the show has their first meeting on camera. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I think about that all the time because mm. I read this like statistic years ago. I can't exactly remember what it is, but it's like by the time you're 21, there's like an 80% chance you've met the person you're going to marry. 21? So I'm, I'm dead serious. I read this years ago though, so like oh. who knows? And I was like, what, what if I have? Who could it be? Yeah. I think about that all the time. I, I mean, I pray to God I fall in that other 20%. Yeah. But. I don't know. Just given family history, I feel like it's more of a later stat for me. Yeah. Just given family history, there's always 
like late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where where have they met? Just curious. Because you know, everyone's well, my like, parents... oh, weddings are a great place to meet. Yeah. Well, they, no one met at a like, wedding. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. No. My parents met in a grad school class, but my mom Ooh. actually didn't do undergrad with teaching. She went into banking and was there, I don't know, maybe two years before realizing that she hated it. So wow. she went back to grad school for teaching, and then they ended up in the same grad school class. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, and it's then different. Wow. Yeah. And then for grandparents, there was actually both, like, very old New York type of stories. Like, um, three of my grandparents were born and raised in Burroughs, and the other one was raised upstate. Aaron Tveit's hometown. <laughs> before, <laughs> oh my god, I forget. Before coming to Brooklyn for nursing school. So my mom's parents knew of each other because my grandma's sisters knew my grandpa's sister. And I think they met once at like a party and didn't like keep in touch or whatever. And then they both went on a subway train that was different than their typical train what? in Queens. And then they saw each other and then what? started talking there. Holy shit, that's, that's crazy. That's 1950s subway for you. Wow. I saw no, well actually no, I saw plenty of cute men on my subway today. It's too crowded to talk to any of them. True. <laughs> wow, that's really crazy. Yeah. Well, what about you? What are the family stories? Um, my parents met in a cornfield. it was one of those like they're from like a really small ranch in mexico so they were like aware of one another but yeah my my parents there's a significant age gap they're nine years apart so it was Mm -hmm. like they knew of each other but then my dad moved to la for a couple years so he was out there and then when he went back um i think my mom was with one of her older sisters who's around my dad's age and they were like hey what's up and my mom's sister was like, oh, this is my sister, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, shook hands. And I, I remember my mom telling me that she told my dad, wow, your hands are really cold. Because he had just been, like, washing them in the river or something. Because he was, like, coming from playing baseball. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, people here, I don't really know. Because I feel like that family-wise, like, it's just kind of, like, everyone it's such small towns you just Mm -hmm. kind of end up with someone in the town that's why i feel like everyone is stressed about how i'll meet someone (laughs) (laughs) there's no town there's There's no no community oh god (laughs) hopefully not in my town i can't right like that (laughs) that is like a nightmare that's why i refuse to do dating apps until i move out i don't want to your match with someone I knew when I was six. True. We have this little episode of Connor Whitney, which I kind of miss, but like also not. I feel like I I saw it happen. I just didn't listen to anything that was going on. But this is like a legit misconnection, like a yeah. misconnection. Connor was still on the beach, had his date with Revian. Revian. Rev- Revian. Rev- Revian, great, got it, with Revian, but, you know, nothing really came of that. Connor is waiting for Whitney to show up because apparently they hit it off at the wedding. She doesn't arrive, so Connor decides to leave. And when Connor decides to leave is when Whitney leaves her hotel to come down to the beach, and she gets to the beach, and he's gone. So she decides to go after him and goes to his hotel, and then Connor... When once she finds him, Connor says, seeing her made me believe in this whole journey and experience. We'll see what happens. WTF. <laughs> what do you mean seeing her made you believe in this whole journey and experience? Yeah. What? You technically didn't meet on this whole journey and experience. You met when, when you checked out of the whole journey and experience. <laughs> True. Technically, Connor. Oh my god. So that was like the most grandiose thing I think anyone has said this season. <laughs> it really cracked me up. Um, yeah, and then what is this little Insta? 
you linked here. Well, Whitney posted a picture of her and Connor. It seemed to be oh. in the hotel room and said on the caption, be bold. Otherwise, you might regret it. So she's hinting at them still being together. Connor has tweeted some stuff that definitely points in that direction as well. And back in that video Rachel Lindsay did for The Knot, she mm-hmm. confirmed Whitney as one of her bachelor wedding guests. And she also said that one of her girlfriends was bringing a guy she met in paradise and oh, we obviously know no. that wasn't christina so that kind of confirms that connor was at rachel and brian's wedding hiding somewhere drop the pics drop the mm. pics um so i looked into a section in our book that's like how to attract each sign um connor's a libra so in connection with whitney's caption be bold otherwise you might regret it way to attract a Libra is in general to not hold anything back. You got to go all out. Um, whatever may be said against too much too soon. Librans believe that's a lot better than too little too late. So mm. Whitney's gesture and her initiative really paid off for her. Yeah. They're still going strong today. I'm also yeah. like seeing that description now of how to attract the Libra. Hannah Brown is a Libra. So Mm-hmm. All of these gestures about not holding anything back and going all out fits a lot oh, with yeah. Hannah too. And she I wonder was what so the adamant about that her season. Yeah, I wonder what the Libra Libra pairing is. How Hannah and Connor could have been. Well, I have my book. Now I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm literally gonna open it up. Libra, the amorous state. Equally demonstrative, lively, warm, sociable. In love with beautiful things, they enjoy pleasing each other in sexual ways. But with these two, there's a great sense of playing at love. A problem is that neither wants to face reality. Mm. Though they are charming, peace-loving, and adaptable, each needs a stronger balance than the other can provide. Also, because they are so much alike, the specter of boredom lurks around the edges. But if both of them can find enough outside stimulation to whet their appetites, this can be an interesting liaison. Weird. And then in the in the midst of this, Clay was given a date card. Obviously, he's asking Nicole out on the date. Um, what did they do on the date? Was this just a dinner date? Yeah, right. I believe so. Yeah, I usually don't pay attention to the activity. I just listen to the conversation. So literally, the minute the date ends, I'm like, "What did they do?" Oh, okay. <laughs> Nicole is holding back in asking about their future because she gets the feeling that clay is doing the same thing and she doesn't want to push him (laughs) i don't know i really don't even remember this date she Uh, senses that clay is also holding back when it comes to discussing their future and that obviously scares nicole because she doesn't want to move forward without that assurance about their relationship and they still come to the conclusion that they're falling for each other i think this whole clay nicole Angela Chase love square thing. I've just gotten tired of it. I kept forgetting that Chase and Angela were still there. <laughs> so true. Um, and yeah, and then just quickly, I mean, we'll touch more on their astrological pairing later. But um, this whole going back to like Clay's hed- hesitation. Our book says that a Sagittarius won't give Cancer the security and love that it always needs and is seeking. Um, so that might be an explanation there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, more on them later. It's rose ceremony time. Chris B, Chris B, Chris Harrison walks <laughs> up to everyone and says he's canceling the cocktail party. So they're going straight to uh, the rose ceremony, which freaks a little bit of the, some of the men out. Um, Matt says he wanted to have conversations with Sydney and he's not able to do that before going into the ceremony um i'm sure luke also wanted to speak to some people because he's the first one to hand out a rose and he would like to give his rose to brie and brie does not accept his rose which was so awkward i felt so bad what is this about the the i read this tweet but i didn't get it so when brie turned down luke's rose the yeah. camera showed Chris Harrison stepping in and then asking the women if anyone wanted to accept oh, yes. Luke's rose. And 
during the shot, you don't actually see Chris Harrison when he says that. And Luke posted the moment on both Instagram and Twitter and said that Chris never actually made that remark in person. That was done in editing. So production basically set up the situation to look more like a group-wide burn. But it was like, okay, no, your first choice. Turn down your rose. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. And they also said that was the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. I feel like it must have happened in some context before. I don't know. Bye, Luke. Oh, so ox. Again, I kept forgetting he was there. True, true. (laughs) Dylan hands his rose to Hannah. Matt, Donald, gives his rose to Bree, who accepts this time. Um, JPJ to Tasha, Chase to Angela. Yes, they are still here. Clay to Nicole, Demi to Christian, and Chris to Katie. So our eliminations are Luke because his rose wasn't accepted, Revian, Sydney, and Haley. Um, and I feel so bad for Sydney. Like genuinely. Yeah, she got into her exit van and told the camera straight out, Mac's gonna get dumped. There's no way Bree's gonna live leave paradise with him. Oof. I know. It very petty yeah meanwhile matt says that brie accepting his rose was a sign of commitment so he thinks all is well between them but sydney leaving the beach doesn't feel like that is going to amount to anything facts yeah very petty but she was on to it when uh Mm. so next morning chris harrison arrives again and tells them all that fantasy suites are next so couples have to have a very serious conversation about whether or not they think they're in a position to take that next step as a couple so the rest of the episode is kind of everyone breaking off and having those little convos and lo and behold matt donald and brie are first um and brie admits that they haven't really had a lot of time to spend together um but what else is there to do (laughs) well Kristen, she came on late and Matt was probably splitting half of his time with Sydney because I feel like every time they had shown Matt on the show, he was with Sydney or he was around Sydney. I really True. didn't see him with Bree at all. So, so who knows? She might have been talking to Luke. Who knows? Yeah, Matt is maybe. feeling confident. He calls her a supermodel like. <laughs> So many times, and then he says, but she's so much more than just a supermodel. Is she, though, Matt? Do you think she is? Come on, Matt, do better. And then we have this, like, A-plus moment from Brie, where he, uh, Matt Donald starts initiating this, like, yes, I am ready to take this next step, and Brie just flat out tells him, like, hey, I don't really think you see anything beyond my exterior beyond my looks i really want to be with someone um for what's inside of me for like who i am as a person and like my heart and she doesn't see it going any further so sydney was right mac gets dumped and the other people on the beach say yes sydney could have probably moved forward with matt Mm. so that's what he gets for getting too excited about the supermodel status True. Is she, like, actually a model? Yeah, she gave him modeling lessons. I know, I saw that, but, like... <laughs> yeah, I think, from what I've seen, her Instagram is, model? like, all modeling. Well, that's the thing. When you say supermodel, it's like, okay, she's not Heidi Klum. Calm right. down. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. We have, have the very quick Chase and Nicole breakup, which literally took place over the span of 30 seconds. Chase just essentially tells Angela that there's an, a quote, intangible piece missing for him. Um, and Angela seems to be okay with it and kind of like waves bye to him in this little cutesy way. And that was it. Um, and then we're back to Clay and Nicole. Um, so they're having this convo of whether or not they're going to move forward into the fantasy suites. And Nicole tells Clay that she's falling in love with him. She's excited about their future. And this was, like, really sweet. And, and, like, part of the reason why I love Nicole is she's just, like, so relatable. 
she says, finally, I'm not the one being left out. Finally, this is happening for me. And she's talking about love. She's talking about like seeing all her friends and all these people she knows, like go through this. And now she, she can finally feel the same things they have and be excited about a person. And it was so heartwarming. Yeah, I, really I definitely get it. that. Um, so then Clay says that she's his best friend and he wants to spend as much time as possible with her. He talks about how he, she's the first person he looks for in the morning when he's at breakfast and all this. And it was really cute too. But like Clay does not explicitly say he's falling in love with her. Or at least I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. So just an area of concern for me because in their astrological pairing as Cancer Sag, um, our book does say that they are better friends than lovers. So I'm excited they're going to be taking the next step, but I just hope they can kind of level out in where they are with each other, or at least expressing where they are with each other. Yeah, we've seen Clay spiral when he has to make important decisions, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Hannah and Dylan obviously are moving forward. That that was like a no-brainer, literally like, I think the camera was on them for one minute and they were like, yeah, yeah. And Hannah tells Dylan that he has shown her how to love her imperfections. Meanwhile, I was like sitting on the couch having ice cream, like, okay. Okay, Hannah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Probably the most cinematic paradise breakup ever. Absolutely cinematic. Go check out our tweet about how cinematic it was at It's All Roses. JPJ and Taisha. Kristen, how did this even go down? Okay, so ahead of the fantasy suite decision, JPJ told Taisha that he has had some of the most magical and happiest moments of his life with her. And this was really sweet. He said, I'd like to dance with you at our wedding someday. Hopefully, I'm in love with you. I'm not ready for this experience to end, and I want to keep exploring our relationship. And Taisha was touched by it, but something wasn't right for her. And she admitted that she wanted to get where JPJ was, but she wasn't there yet. And she seemed to kind of imply that his younger age and mm -hmm. less life experience was finally catching on. And yep. she said, you think you know what you want in a partner? And he replied, I know that I want you. You're the most amazing woman I've met. And I'll never forget the time I've spent with you. He said that later part once it became clear that she was ending mm. things. And Taisha got emotional as JPJ was walking off. And she ran after him. She said she was sorry. He hugged her. He lifted her at one point and was like carrying her down the beach. I don't really know why. Yeah, it was random. We got a whole montage of their greatest moments, and then they both left a little bummed. Cinematic. Yeah. Absolutely. And then um, afterwards, yeah. after the breakup aired, JPJ took to Instagram, posted a picture of himself, and the caption was, "'Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all." That's Tennyson. <laughs> jpj always always a crowd pleaser we love it um did i did we see this coming yes did we want this to happen no um truly rooted for them jpj really put himself out there i found this great great quote in our book that i think just fits tisha perfectly in this moment virgo women have self-possession a sense of passion that is controlled by discipline. Boom. Isn't that an adaptation at this very moment? Yeah. I think she easily, I think this relationship could have easily continued because they have this chemistry and they have like this friendship, some kind of bond that is just like so, they just radiate positivity together. And I think that's what Taisha loved about it so much that it brought up brought out maybe a different side of her and stuff and it's something that could have definitely continued out in the real world but like you were saying Kristen it, like the facts started to catch up with her like mm -hmm. oh JPJ you're 24 you, you don't know what you want 
Yeah. Well, they they're just the like at different stages of their lives. There you go. She's been divorced. Um, yeah. It, so I think she easily could have let herself get carried away, but it did take, I don't know if like a lot, because she, she didn't like cry or anything. Or she, she like cried, but like not like, uh, what is the word? Bawling. She wasn't mm-hmm. bawling or anything, but it was like, I think it was a hard decision for her. Very disappointing. Yeah. And I think as it got more serious, she was always aware of what taking those steps meant. I like the mm-hmm. other quote that you pulled out about the Virgo woman that mm-hmm. reads, before entering into a meaningful affair, she's careful to note where the exit doors are. Yeah. And I think I can relate with that just with general life stuff. Like whenever you enter a big change, I always consider what can go wrong. How do I get myself out of that mess yeah. if it happens? Very true. So, Kristen thinks this is all just a setup for uh, the reunion. Yeah. Which we kind well, of got a tease of. Yeah. Yeah. We, we saw, well, we'll get to that when yeah. we talk about the preview. Uh, and finally, we have Chris and Katie. Um, so, they too are having this conversation on whether or not they'll be going into the fantasy suite as a couple. And Chris is very quiet. And I was like, oh, no. And Katie's all, is this happening? Is this really happening right now? And Chris just says he's very unsure. And he literally says, quote, I do this. I push people away that I like. Sometimes I've almost wanted to tell you that I didn't feel it anymore. But there are times when I felt on cloud nine with you. Um, And then later on in the conversation, he does say that he's a very difficult person to be around. Um, I think Katie responds really well to all of this and says that, of course, Chris would be feeling this way with his past experiences on the Bachelor, in Bachelor, on Bachelor shows and like putting himself out there. And she's very comforting and reassuring of the effects that this process has had on him and his mentality and how he deals with romantic prospects. Um, So Katie just more than anything really reassures him that she feels safe with him, safe in the positive uh, connotation and that she's not settling or she wouldn't feel like she's settling. Um, Overall, it was just a very dramatic way of saying that yes, they're going to go into the fantasy suite and continue to give each other a shot. I think it's moments like that that convinced me that they could thrive in the real world setting because i think so often in paradise when things get hard that's when couples end it but they're still pushing through despite all this uncertainty and all of these one step forward two steps back so i feel like they have a persistence that could really pay off if they survive the show true and i want to go into astrologically i found in in their pairing in the book that aries um, is full of exciting new plans and ideas and a Virgo is very critical and wants to do things their way. And I really saw that reflected in this conversation here. Katie's like, give me a shot. You know, like we, we, we have a shot. Katie says at the end in like a little confessional, she was like, Chris came out of retirement and he found me. And like, what if, what if we end up together and I'm mm. the one that like broke this cycle for him? Yeah. So I think I also found this uh, note that said um, that Aries women want to be appreciated for their unique qualities. And I really do think Katie kind of sees herself as someone that can um, pull out like the best in Chris Mm. and get him to a good spot. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting quality to consider because I think so often when people see that self see that in themselves it can also read as they try to fix their partner Mm -hmm. when the partner's unfixable I think Chris is at the point where he's mature enough that if it's really real he could mold his ways to fit a relationship with Katie but I feel like on Katie's side maybe that quality has proved her wrong in the past it's turned into her trying to fix something that's unfixable yeah very possible um so very hopeful conversation 
Mm-hmm. Happy it ended on that note. And that was it for this week's two episodes. In the preview for next week, um, we saw some possible engagements, some people getting down on one knee, some extended hands out with rings. And then we saw little clips of the reunion episode, which I keep forgetting about. And that is going to be so fun. Christian and Jordan were already yelling at each other. I can't (laughs) wait. So, yeah. Lots of tears. Good and bad. (laughs) All right. Um, So, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.